afternoon. Next weekend, outside Pittsburgh, at the famous Oatman Club, the U.S. Golf Open will be taking place. And recently I read an article about one of the greatest names in golf, Billy Casper, who won the U.S. Open in 1959 and 1966. A few years ago, he released his autobiography called The Big Three and Me. The Big Three is referring to as Arnold Palmer, Gary Player, and Jack Nicholas. And in his book, he reflects that while his most successful career was overshadowed by these three greats, he was blessed with an incredible life. Billy actually died last year at the age of 85 and was happily married for 63 years with 11 children and 36 grandchildren. Once while speaking to a small group, he was asked how he overcame adversity and the struggles associated with balancing being a dad and, one be and being one of the greatest players of golf. And he answered, you know, I didn't have a choice. It's what, how I was raised. He went on to say, but what I learned pretty quickly is that it's the people who make the journey with you. I feel like every person I've met along the way has enriched my life in some way. Every one of them, even all of you here today. And with that piece of wisdom, Billy Casper gives us the heart of today's gospel message. For what we heard is that when you open the doors to your life to others, it allows for movement, allows for connection, allows for relationships to take place. For in this evening's gospel from Luke, Jesus is throwing open the doors of the status quo of his times. And while this story of the sinful woman washing the feet of Jesus is told in each of the four Gospels, this version we heard is different than the other three, giving rise to the question, well, why, and what does it mean for us? See, the other three accounts focus on the concern of the apostles had about so much money being wasted on the perfume that the woman pours on the feet of Christ. But in Luke's version, the disciples are absent from the event, and we're left with three main characters, Simon the Pharisee, the sinful woman, and Jesus. The story begins by Jesus accepting an invitation to come and dine at the house of Simon the Pharisee. See, this word Pharisee actually means to separate. For their belief system was rooted in the strict observance of the Jewish laws. For them, holiness was achieved by keeping oneself separate from sin and sinners. In other words, they closed their doors on all who did not follow the law and on all those who they deemed were sinners. The other main character in the story is the sinful woman. We're never told of her name or what her sins were, but since they were so well known in the community, it was supposed that she was a prostitute. This public knowledge of her sinful life made it near impossible for her to get anywhere close to Jesus. But this dinner Simon was throwing for Jesus gave her the opportunity to connect. See, for meals at that time, these type of meals were open to all the locals to drop by and to kind of eat along the perimeter of the room, while the invited guests and the host reclined at the center of the room, kind of propped up with one arm 
facing the center. So as we just heard, there's no real sense of Simon opening the doors for authentic relationship with Christ when Jesus arrives. He wasn't offered any of the common hospitality that's normally given to guests. For it would have been customary for Jesus to have been welcomed with a kiss and to have his dusty feet washed and to be refreshed with anointing of oil. Rather, Simon seemed to be focused on whether Jesus would follow the Judaic law. Since this woman was unclean, according to the law, she was prohibited from getting anywhere within two feet of Jesus. But as Jesus reclines at to eat, he allows the woman to wash his feet and to anoint him with perfume that she had brought with her. Jesus, knowing that Simon is appalled by all this, then tells the parable of the moneylender to make his point. See, it's through this story that Jesus makes it clear that it's her faith in Christ that saves her as he tells her that her sins are forgiven and that the love that she showed Jesus by caring for him was not the cause for the forgiveness, but proof of it. See, all too often the translations of this text lead one to believe that the reason Jesus forgave her sins was because she showed great love. In other words, she earned to be forgiven. But Christ makes it clear that it's her faith that has saved her. It is by faith that her eyes are open to God's forgiveness. It's through love we give thanks, we open doors, we build relationships. God loves us not because we love God, but because God is love. Since he was elected Pope, Francis has been known for his daily homilies given where he lives in his community in Casa Santa Marta. His homilies have provided some great insights into this man, his spirituality, and his grace. One of his reoccurring themes speaks of this need to open doors. He voices great concern over the fact that many people come to church and they're met by doors that are closed. Over time, he's provided many examples where people come to the church looking for help, and hospitality, and healing, and instead are confronted with rudeness, rules, and regulations where many are greeted by those who want to control the faith, just like Simon the Pharisee. Pope once said, we need to open the doors versus being people who want to control the faith. The faith of the people of God is a simple faith, perhaps without much theology, but it has an inward theology that is not wrong, because the spirit is behind it. He went on to warn that we should not create an eighth sacrament of pastoral customs where we insist on church protocol versus seeking to meet the spiritual needs of others. Going back to the gospel, I think it's interesting. We're never given the name of the sinful woman. Perhaps it was protector, although everyone knew who she was. I like to believe that her name was omitted so that we could insert our own names into the story. For all of us are no different than the sinful woman. We're all sinners. But this gospel reminds us that we do have a choice. Do we seek and offer forgiveness? Or do we follow the Pharisees and spend our lives being judgmental and closing the doors to others who we deem are unworthy? C.S. Lewis said, 
To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has already forgiven the inexcusable in you. Pope Francis once told a small group of religious, we all make mistakes, we all sin, it happens. But keep going forward, open doors, do something where life is calling out to you. Each day brings opportunities for new doors to be opened, new lives to be touched, and new ways to experience God's love and forgiveness. Billy Casper lived a life where he awoke each day excited about what that day would bring and ready to open a new door and to meet the next person. So the choice is yours. How do you want to start living your new day? And what door do you need to open?